for the News and Observer. I'm Don Vaughn, Capitol Bureau Chief and host of Under the Dome. And you're listening to our latest episode for the week of January 8th, 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. We are on break for a couple of weeks over the holidays. Today, I'm joined by my legislative reporting colleagues, Luciana Perez, Uribe Ginasi, and Kyle Ingram. Um, Happy New Year. We're almost at the primary. Um, (laughs) So... We're going to talk about the um, focus mostly on the primary, calling it the primary primer. Uh, The North Carolina primary is on March 5th, which is less than two months from now. There's already drama, of course, um, state and nationally. So let's start before we get to North Carolina, the very top of the ballot with the latest drama over former President Donald Trump and being on primary ballots. Kyle, you wrote Mm -hmm. some about that. So catch people up. Well, there was a challenge to whether or not Trump is qualified to be on the presidential ballot. Um, And this is something that's happened in a few other states as well. So we're following that trend. But a voter filed a challenge with the State Board of Elections saying that Donald Trump can't be on the primary ballot because, according to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, anyone who's engaged in an insurrection against the United States is ineligible to hold elected office. So... That went before the State Board of Elections and they decided, you know, we're not really sure looking at the state statutes if we have the authority to decide on this. So they dismissed it for the time being. It's been appealed to a Wake County Superior Court who could say, no, this needs to go back to the board and they do have authority to decide. So states have different primaries. So how is all this going to play out as I mean, it's everything's getting started really soon. We're one of we're the we're Super Tuesday, though. Right. Mm. So we're the main or maybe the second one, I think. I think we can likely expect the U.S. Supreme Court to weigh in on this because Colorado and Maine have already technically removed Trump from their primary ballot for the same reason. But those decisions are both on hold and are likely going to be heard by the U.S. Supreme Court, who will probably settle the matter for everybody. Okay, well, well, that's and we're all looking at within like a couple months. Of course, you mentioned the um, insurrection, and that is because of January 6, yes. 2021. Seems so it's three years ago now. Which is tomorrow. Uh, right. We're reporting on the 5th. And uh, so the anniversary of that. And um, one of the po- Capitol Police officers that day is running for Congress now. So mm-hmm. I think this will be sort of a long range, probably generation long as far as the um, aftermath of everything that happened then and, and how that affects politics for for a while. Um, and more in a minor way um, and, you know, incumbent President Biden. There's also like information about his ballot that you wrote about, um, Luciana. So tell us about the Democratic presidential primary ballot. Yeah. So the State Board of Elections on Tuesday uh, of last week at this point, yeah, um, held a meeting to finalize the list. Um, Party sent over the candidates that they want to see going into the presidential primary preference election. And um, from there, the state boards can add additional candidates who are recognized in national media. And so the Democratic Party only sent Biden's name. Um, And that was contested by some of the other national candidates who said, you know, we want to be on the ballot in North Carolina as well. Um, And ultimately, the state board decided just to keep Biden on the list. Um, And that kind of goes against what they did in 2020 when they had um, the in kind of a reverse situation. The Republican Party sent only former President Donald Mm -hmm. Trump. Donald Trump's name. And um, that was contested as well. And ultimately, the state board decided to add additional candidates. Hmm. So it's kind of a different ruling than they've done in previous years. Um, And they said it was really because 
who goes on the primary is, you know, comes down to party decisions. Um, and that's what they kind of ultimately said there. Okay. Um, so looking at the State Board of Elections, as we record this on Friday, Karen Brinson-Bell talked to reporters. Kyle, you went over and talked to her. Nothing major news came out of that, but but where where's the State Board of Elections and how things are shaping up with you know the next several weeks? Well, as we're often reminded, election preparation for the state begins very, very, very early. So they're already working on getting things ready for the general. Right now, the absentee ballot request form is now up online. So if you would like to vote absentee, you can go ahead and put in your request for that. Um, but other than that, the state board is going to be working on reminding people that the voter ID law is now in effect. They got to test that for a bit in the municipal elections last year, but this is really going to be the major uh, push for it with a, the, a big election. So we're they're going to be looking at doing some ad campaigns to get the word out about that. Keep voters informed. Okay. At the local board of elections level um, in Wake County, some of uh, our other press corps colleagues had reported about Senator Lisa Grafstein with her candidacy, there being an election um, or protest by Scott Lassiter, who will um, be the may ring a bell. (laughs) Right. You might know him from such lawsuits as the one against Speaker Moore this past year that that ended up being resolved without us knowing all of the details other than the fact that uh, Moore and Scott Lasseter had a meeting at a Biscuitville um, about a year ago. So anyway, Lasseter is also on the Soil and Water Board locally and is running. uh, He's a Republican running for state Senate in a newly drawn district that Lisa Grafstein is now going to run in. Lisa Grafstein did represent Northwest Raleigh in the Senate. And during redistricting, they redrew her district to double bunk her with Senator uh, Jay Chaudhary, who is the Democratic whip, obviously uh, higher profile, longer term incumbent. And so Grafstein decided to move. And so what uh, Wake County was looking at is, did she actually move? Can she run? Um, in the time frame, you have to do it a year before the election. And they found that she did and that she stays on the ballot. So that's where it is at the local level. Um, these kind of things have happened before. In the last election, uh, now Senator Bobby Hannig, Republican, um, had the um, question the same thing of the residency of Valerie Jordan, who was the Democrat for this very long, like 10 um, county covering district from Warren out to Currituck. And she ended up staying on, even though the local board uh, questioned it and the state board said yes. Yeah. So sometimes this, like with anything in the courts, it draws out or courts are governing bodies, right? Um, drags out at, at different levels. So let's talk more about the uh, legislative races. So Grafstein is switching districts. We've got uh, a lot more Democrats running since the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every district, right? Yeah, they. So that was one of Anderson Clayton's promises as chair of the party was to actually run Democrats and uh, get uh, opponents, even in Republican heavy districts. And they've done that for, I believe, almost every single legislative district in the House and Senate. There's a Democrat running. On congressional races, that's kind of different, though. They have a few not running, I believe. No. We'll have to read our latest, uh, our D.C. correspondent, Daniel Vitaglia, on all the uh, congressional primaries. My focus is just like, I'm like I know ones. the yeah legislative. Um, I don't think Jason Sane is opposed. He's the um, yeah. Lincoln County incumbent Republican. Mm-hmm. 
um, as far as in the in the legislature. There are a long range, like a wide range of congressional candidates and in, in their various primaries, especially since McHenry isn't running again. Yeah. So that opened that open that field. Um, and then uh, Pat Harrigan, who was running against um more in his district and that congressional primary moved over to to run in that one and recently got an endorsement. So we'll see how how that goes. And then in the state Senate, um, Jim Perry from Kinston, the Republican, isn't running that. I don't think it come out our last podcast. Uh, it was the last day of filing. He didn't file and everybody thought, where is yeah. where's Perry? Because I think we just sort of assumed he would just always be in the Senate or always running. Um, and he had different family reasons for yeah. not running this time. So we'll see if he he has still has the rest of his term. And if he's not running this time, if he comes around again, um, another cycle. So um, we are going to take our break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about what won't change in the primary. We'd mentioned redistricting and and where things stand with that and then our picks for headliner of the week. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm Capitol Bureau Chief Don Vaughn here with reporters Kyle Ingram and Luciana Perez Uribe Ignasi. Before the break, we were talking about the latest in the primary and mentioned the new maps and redistricting. Of course, there are always lawsuits every time there's maps. Is that gonna have any impact in the primary this year or future years or what, Kyle? It could. And we never want to say never in North Carolina politics, but it's looking less and less likely that any of these redistricting lawsuits could affect the 2024 primary. So in uh, the Senate redistricting lawsuit, the State Board of Elections filed a brief saying the only way that we can run a remedial process with new Senate districts in the current primary is if we finish a new candidate filing period ordered by the court by January 10th. Today is January 5th. As we record this, I really highly doubt that we would get to that entire end of the process by January 10th. So the other option would be if a court decides remedial districts are in order after that, then we would have to push a primary to May. So it could happen and it's happened in the past. The primary was moved, uh, I believe in 2022 to May. So possibly, but seeming like this may be more of a question for later on. Later on, multiple years elections from now, multiple something years. that'll come through court later this year. Well, the most recent redistricting lawsuit filed by the NAACP is targeting all three electoral maps, and they're not seeking resolution until 2026. So that might maybe be the case for the other lawsuits as well. Okay. Anything else people need to know about the primary to get up to speed as we're here in January? Um, well, there are. So we mentioned that there's Democrats running in almost every race. There's also multiple Democrats running in some races. We're seeing um, primary challenges to some Democrats who uh, have voted with Republicans in the past. So Representative Cecil Brockman and Representative Michael Ray, they joined Republicans to pass some legislation like the budget this past session. Uh, that drew some criticism from progressive wings of the Democratic Party, the Young Democrats of North Carolina. And uh, they've now got some challengers coming out that are they're going to have to fight a primary against. And what does Brockman have to say about that? Um, he said, you know, he did what he needed to do to represent his district. Um, there was money for High Point included in the budget that he voted for. And, you know, it's hard to vote against giving money to, to the people that you represent. Uh, another podcast, or I guess our regular listeners, if you listen to all of the North Carolina politics podcasts, the lobbyist podcasts do politics better. Um, they had Senator Vicki Sawyer on, on this past week or two ago, and she was talking about 
back in your district and being primary and even local elections and how people respond to you. So uh, sometimes it comes from the larger group, sometime within your district and, and people will, I mean, that's the point of the primary is people running, you know, wanting that, um, get the, that uh, party turnout. Uh, speaking of the primary, I'd written recently about sort of a roundup of all the different polls. Polls, you know, can indicate the truth sometimes and sometimes not. Depends on the poll, uh, what they ask, how, who the sample is, everything like that. But the general gist of in the governor's race, which is what I'm primarily covering, is that a lot of people don't know who the primary candidates are. Robinson is ahead of those who know um, for the Republican uh, gubernatorial primary. Stein is for Democrats. But there are still a lot of voters that the name recognition just isn't there. They haven't decided yet. So it could be they'll may not even vote in the primary and that's why they're undecided. And so those leads you see in polling will stay. Maybe they won't. But all of that is really just about um, predictions. And I had talked to uh, politics professor Chris Cooper about this, about what's the point of polls, really? Like, who do they actually help? And a lot of it, it's the candidates. If they're asking um, the questions about issues, that helps them to know what the what the public wants. And then it can also tell them where their support is or isn't. And then they'll use that and adjust their their campaigns. So turning to other news and higher education with UNC, Luciana, what, what should people know? Yeah, so I don't remember the exact date at this point, but in these past two weeks um, of flux, um, UNC is now facing a federal investigation from the uh, U.S. Department of Education about um, what is called shared ancestry discrimination. And so that's because um, from a letter I obtained um, that shows that um, the complaint was filed about comments made by a professor, an assistant professor, as well as an event that was held on UNC where um, a speaker kind of made comments about um, the Hamas-Israel war in favor of Hamas, apparently. And so that has to be still, um, you know, go through the process of the complaint, investigated, um, and ultimately to see if UNC did um, do discriminatory um actions against Jewish people. And so that's going to happen. And basically, then UNC would have to have some sort of remedial action to, um, you know, fix those sort of issues. So is there any sort of expected timeline or are we just kind of waiting on on what else would happen after that? Yeah, I'm not sure about the timeline of that, but it's kind of in the beginning processes, I figure. So it'll Okay. My guess would be a few months, but okay. I could be wrong. <laughs> well, we'll hear more more about that as, as things get going. Uh, all right. Well, let's turn now to our picks for headliner of the week or past few weeks, I guess. Um, Kyle, let's start with you because mm -hmm. yours was the, probably the most newsy of uh, the past few weeks. Yeah. So the headliner will be uh, Donna Stroud. Until recently, Donna Stroud was the chief judge of the North Carolina Court of Appeals. Uh, she recently was stripped of that title by Chief Justice Paul Newby. Um, both of these people are Republicans um, and Newby has not offered any explanation for why he took the chief judge position from her, gave it to one of her colleagues on the court, Judge Chris Dillon. Um, but it garnered a lot of interest um, from people in the legal sphere because, you know, she's well regarded in the profession. Um, people are unsure of exactly why this happened. Um, I believe she told some that she had heard, you know, that the chief justice was maybe interested in uh, creating sort of a 
routinely moving people in and out of the position as other states do, but I'm not sure. We've also heard it could be just, you know, Republican partisan yeah. infighting the same way we were talking about Brockman and the Democratic mm -hmm. primary infighting. So. Well, a lot of Republicans supported her primary opponent in the last election. Uh, so that could be part of it. All about the primary. I think it's pretty unprecedented from what you reported, right? Mm -hmm. It's not something that happens often. Not here, not in North mm -hmm. Carolina. And typically the chief judge role is held by the most senior person on the court, which mm -hmm. is Donna Stroud. All right. Uh, Luciana, who or what is your headliner of the week? So my headliner is uh, broad, just adopt shelter dogs. Um, in this case, because of the news out of the Wake County shelters that they're no longer taking dogs that have been, um, you know, um, owners just let go of them. So um, if you adopt a dog, make sure you want to keep it in the long term. But mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, the Wake County Animal Shelter just put something out um, as we record this on January 5th about all these dogs that had been quarantined for months when, mm -hmm. you know, they weren't accepting more because of mm -hmm. the um, the uh, affluenza and about how yeah. there's all these good dogs. And I went and looked at all of them <laughs> and I, I cannot adopt another dog right now because I already have one Salty who I got <laughs> from the Wake County Animal Shelter. Um, but I can confirm that they're they're right. all good dogs. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right. My headliner is I'd mentioned before about other politics podcasts. One you've probably heard is our uh, our, our one of our competitions, uh, Ariel's Capital Rap and Travis Fain, the state house reporter, a longtime state house reporter for WRL, has left the journalism business to um Slight joy since we're competitive, but mostly chagrin because uh, Travis Fain is really just a fantastic Capitol Press Corps colleague, uh, really just stellar reporter and good at holding the powers that be accountable. So we'll miss him also asking uh, the same type of questions that, that we like to ask, or, or he probably asks better ones than mm -hmm. us sometimes. So um, always catching things. So yeah, so Travis, <laughs> Travis is still around, uh, <laughs> just not in the in the same way, probably won't be at the legislative building uh, with us anymore. So uh, my headliner is Travis. So all right, that's it for our uh, first episode of Under the Dome for 2024. Thanks for listening. I'm Dawn for Kyle and Luciana. We'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.